0: Welcome to the Male Fertility Podcast, a podcast designed to help, support and educate men as they go through their own fertility struggles. I'm Kieran.
1: And I'm Sean. And we'll do that by sharing our stories of what we went through, as well as having guests share their knowledge and experience. Right, let's get into today's episode. Hello, welcome to episode eight of the Male Fertility Podcast. Here we are again. Um, And I think probably a good place to follow on from the last episode, which was all about mindset. This episode is all about lifestyle and and how we can implement lifestyle changes to to assist a fertility journey. And I've gone straight in there with the J word. Why not? Never too early for that. (laughs) But um, before we go into today's episode and get into that,
0: how's things, Kieran? Yeah, I'm good, buddy. I'm really good. Busy. Busy. It's that time of year where everyone seems to have a cold and things like that. We've talked about it before, but we are generally all fit and well. How about you, mate?
1: yeah same yeah <laughs> i've got nothing much more to add than that <laughs> ill it's, it's uh busy
0: it's it's that time of year isn't it where like, yeah. you get in the trenches so we all know that snow is probably around the corner and it's like ah, one more push and the, and the spring will be here
1: <laughs> well mate you, you live up north where i am in sunny cornwall it was 13 degrees today
0: like they're, they're, they're temperatures we dream of in summer, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: no, it's um, it's it. We have the mildest winters in the U- well. I don't know about the UK, but certainly in England because we're just surrounded by water, warm yeah, water. Yeah. But we get the brunt of all the storms. so.
0: Yeah, it's um, yeah, beautiful place to be though, even in a storm, mate. Like uh, obviously you won't want to go too close to those edges near you, but <laughs> I'd imagine the sea looks pretty impressive when it's yeah, uh, big storm rolling in
1: yeah and we we do feel it we live literally on top of a hill Mm. um one mile from the atlantic so sometimes i'm kind of lying there at night when there's high winds just thinking oh is is it's roof rooftop i can hear that's just
0: gone (laughs) well we um i've never lived so far away from the coast like obviously brought up in brighton lived there um and then we moved inland a little bit, but I could still get to the coast pretty quick. Uh, but we're like bang in the middle of the country here. Yeah? So it's like two hours either way to see some mm. sea. But hey, we'll return one day. Boys, I
1: am. Yeah, um, yeah right, we're at the risk of digressing, but I feel you. I, I grew up in de- a coastal town in Devon and mm. I moved to London for work and then met my, met my, miss- met my missus, who's a Londoner. I ended up being there for 15 years and I remember once driving I'm not I won't name the town cuz just in case someone's from there <laughs> but we drove to our literally our nearest sea uh, uh which was in Essex and we drove for 2 hours to get there on this warm sunny day I remember just getting there and saying is this it <laughs> are you joking this is not a beach this is like a slip of sand with some <laughs> murky water
0: uh, mate, yeah. i think um like generally like some of my best memories are of the sea like just kayaking as a kid and fishing and cooking it on the beach and it was the yeah. prime life mate like yeah uh, you took it for, i took it for granted there
1: you cannot be unhappy near the sea like it's um it's it's just an incredible source of nature and getting there it, it's a great way to clear ahead and yeah. but anyway we are digressing we keep doing it but uh, let's, funny, well, right, let's they're, get into they're the used to episode. it now they're used to it yeah exactly <laughs> people people probably just skip to probably like <laughs> five six seven minutes in thinking i'm not listening to all that crap at the beginning right but, yeah yeah so diet and lifestyle it's all about how people can make improvements to their lifestyle and hopefully um make changes to their fertility i can't think of anyone better to talk about that than yourself because you did it you got yourself from 1500 sperm up to 4 million uh, which enabled you to then use those for your fertility treatment and you now do it for a job you're you're the male fertility pt so you take take it from here (laughs) Take it from here. Dave. I'll just mute and uh, <laughs> <laughs> see you on the next episode.
0: <laughs> I'll just, I'll just see us out, mate. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so there's loads you can do, like, and I think this is one of the um, one of the key issues, especially around like um, male fertility. Like you get given loads of advice, but not really told how to implement it. So you know, you're told you know, got to exercise more. You've got to change your diet, you gotta kind of um what have you got to reduce your alcohol, you've got to stop smoking if you smoke and reduce all these stresses. And then you leave and you kind of stood outside in the car park thinking, well how, how the bloody hell do I do all that? You know, and that's the position I found myself in. I found myself basically looking into the abyss, going, I don't know where to start. The biggest bit of advice I can give to someone is to start, and it sounds bizarre, but start with something small. So let's talk about exercise, for example. Getting yourself moving makes you feel better. Generally just makes you feel better. Like the research is out there. It, you know, it releases all these positive hormones in your body. It reduces the cortisol, which is in turn is good for fertility. So that's where I started. But It's kind of, well, what type of exercise do we need to be doing? Um, And there's a lot of conflicting kind of evidence out there. Um, We have to be careful with a bit of the evidence because, like with anything, if you want to find a reason to do something, you can find a reason to justify it. So what I found myself doing was going through an awful lot of research and articles and data very boring to some, but I actually really enjoyed it.
1: <laughs> well, not not just enjoyed past tense, you still enjoy it. And yeah. like quite often I'll be like, All right mate, what are you up to? And you'll send me a picture of some like research paper or textbook. Be like, oh, I'm just reading up on this new theory of this, that, or the other. And you she <laughs> should love it. But yeah, like you know, it's it's tribute to you because you,
0: you take it seriously. Well, it's important and, and basically like you've got to be careful of what you're looking at. So what I did was I took like all this research and kind of found common ground between them. Um, there is more like, when we were going back 10 years, when I went through this, um, so something like Google Scholar was like uh, brand new and exciting, do you know what I mean? And uh, today it's it's just used commonplace. Um, uh, but what I found is, uh, and a lot of the research just now is, is that low to moderate like uh, cardiovascular exercise is key so you want to be avoiding um like really high intensity training uh for sustained amount of time um resistance training is a positive thing always is um obviously uh, without getting into too much detail how that is structured uh, and kind of the rest periods between your exercise uh, and training sessions is really key um but it 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 can sometimes be overcomplicated. so my advice to people is you want to be training maybe three times a week in the gym uh, and then if you can get in three sessions a week where you're doing low to moderate exercise so low to moderate exercise could be going for a walk like a longer walk it doesn't have to be you know you don't have to be going on the world's longest hike just go out 40 minute walk You know, you tick the box. Um, The the national or or government guidelines say that you should get about 150 minutes uh, to moderate exercise um, a week. Uh, And you can split that up over five days and it's 30 minutes a day. You know, and that's taking everything into account from, you know, running to jogging, walking uh, in the gym. All those kind of things. They come under this bracket. Obviously. You know, my job uh, as the male fertility PT is to put that in programs for people, structure it in a way that fits their lifestyle uh, and fits their needs, because everyone's needs are slightly different. For example, if you have uh, relatively low testosterone, you can boost that by training more. Um, And what happens is the by lifting heavier weights or heavy weights, I should say, uh, your body gets used to producing testosterone. Um, And that in itself then has a knock-on effect where you have a high level of testosterone in your blood uh, post-workout. But then your body gets used to making testosterone like that, so it stimulates it quicker. Yeah. Um,
1: And as anyone probably in in a situation where they are looking at fertility, they will find out very quickly that testosterone is key for mm -hmm. men when it comes to that. I heard a saying once, and it's so true, that for, for blokes, testosterone is the tide that lifts all boats in the harbour. Yeah, we we need it across the board for everything. And the balls, for example, need a testosterone-rich environment to produce sperm.
0: Yeah, and it does other things, like it increases like growth hormone in your body, which is also valuable for testosterone uh, uh, sperm development. LH it lowers or uh, heightens that, which it needs to be done. Um, uh, and all these key hormones. That are vital for sperm production you can stimulate through weight training it's yeah. um it's such a uh a fascinating science and we're we're only just kind of like getting into it at the moment um the research is theres still loads needs to be done but that's that's yeah. the same with all i think all male the whole bracket of male fertility like there's so much more needs to be done but that's where we are in terms of like um Exercise. So you want to be doing around about 150 minutes um, a week of uh, of of low to moderate exercise, uh, closer to the more moderate, I'd say. Um, and and you know that includes CV and train uh, and weight training. So cardiovascular training and weight training. Uh, don't exceed five hours. There's some really interesting research out there that shows that if you train for more than five hours, uh, it can really not at once, but over a week, it can really decrease, uh, your, um, fertility health. So, um, most of my clients, they train around four hours a week. You know, we keep it in that bracket. Um, yeah. So that's, that's, that's exercise in a, in a nutshell, right. we could be here for a long time talking about
1: yeah, it. Yeah. But I, I, you know, it's, but then, you know, as we all know, and, and common sense, suggest that exercise is good for our general health for our right. heart health etc and cardiovascular health which is, is really important just for longevity in, in yeah. general and something you said is so true is just start yeah because when I when we began our like, fertility journey I, I literally don't know any other words <laughs> to say um but uh, in 2017 I, I wasn't going to the gym at the time I wasn't it wasn't part of my lifestyle at all I, I I had a pretty unhealthy lifestyle complete across the board, whether it's diet, lack of exercise, too much booze. Yeah. And I remember at one point, I think it was actually 2016. I had these like kind of patchy patches on my cheeks. And, um, I remember going to the doctor about them and and they said, oh yeah, it's potentially rosacea. I didn't know what it was at the time. And it wasn't like now in hindsight, I just changed my diet. And, uh, and, you know, as a result of suddenly realizing I needed to for the, for the fertility side of things and it like cleared up so quickly, it just shows the crap I was putting in my body that it was having a physical effect and, and like a physical yeah. show, showing on, on my face. And I remember when I first wanted to start going into the gym, I I just didn't have the motivation. And even mm-hmm. though I had this massive like life changing situation happening. I still had to like make myself go in the gym, yeah. And I used to have I had the, these screensavers on my phone. And they were like motivational quotes, and every time I picked up my phone, it would be that. And I can't remember them now. You know, it's going back seven years, but it would be things just to make me get in there. And and I found that as soon as I got in the gym, it was fine. Like it's just getting over that hurdle of getting in there, and and I think I and I quickly identified actually. Part of the issue with that was that I was training in the evenings. right? And I mentioned on the last episode, eating the frog early, yeah, that yeah. weird saying about if you don't want to do something, just get it out of the way as early as possible. And so I thought, right, let's try the mornings. And that changed everything for me. Mm. And it, and it's still my routine now. And it's it's gone from like having to have motivational quotes on my phone to actually now being like angry with myself if I don't go, and, yeah, and, yeah, because it's just it's literally part of my identity now. Isn't it built up from them trying to get one or two sessions in a week to now, it's my time. That's like my meditation now. Is, is getting in the gym. It's my time to just release mentally, not think about anything. And, and what I love the most is <laughs> sorry to say this to a PT, but I love it if if I've forgotten how many reps or sets I've done. That's brilliant because it just shows I haven't been thinking about it. I'm just away. And, and that's yeah. great because I've tried actual meditation. It didn't work for me. Yeah. I found that in the gym, I, my mind just clears. And, and that is a great mental aspect of exercise as well. And I, and I can't speak highly enough of it.
0: Well, you know, you've said it there. There's the, there's the physical side of it, which is what happens biologically in your body. And then there's the the mental side of things, you know, uh, and the, the psychological side of things, and that is that is there's so much less known about that than there is about the physical side. Um, the raw truth is, exercising makes you feel good, and it's good yeah. for your body. Uh, just when you're preparing for a fertility treatment, a cycle journey, whatever you want to call it. You've just got to structure it slightly differently because uh, more isn't always better when it comes to um, your fertility. Um, Those high, really high, stressful, intense workouts cause oxidative stress um, in your body, which kills cells. Uh, And part of that is sperm cells. You know, they get affected Mm. Um, and, you know, it heats up your body uh, and kind of heats up your testicles. Uh, which I'll come to shortly because um, I want to get things done in order, really. Yeah. Otherwise, we'll end up jumping all over the place. But you said a good word there that I think um, would be a good follow-on, and that's diet. Like diet. Mm. diet is a, a lifestyle choice that we all have. There's, few, there's a couple of things that really impact what we eat, if you really kind of look at it critically, uh, and that's one, education um, and experience. Generally, you eat what you're brought up to eat. You know if um, if you had a poor poor childhood young uh, you'll continue that because that's all you need that's all you know um, which can be a really hard thing to break incredibly hard thing to break additionally there's a, the other other like barrier which is uh, finances like it's expensive now to eat uh, what people would deem well uh, and and for me like if you're looking at the lifestyle changes that you want to make linked to your diet you need to be looking at um, an organic diet is the best thing we can get ourselves on. But that comes with an additional price tag. Even though recently I kind of had a little nosy around the the supermarket and because of the inflation and everything else that's happened now, it's not that much more expensive to buy something that's organic than that isn't like, um, so you have to kind of be really aware of what you're eating and putting in your mouth. So, Ideally, you want it to be organic. If you can't afford organic, um, you want it to be as whole food as possible. Like by whole food, I mean it's not processed. If you can eat a whole food diet, you're doing the right thing. You know, it's the right thing that with with is within your control. You know, plenty of fruit and veg, high quality meats, um, and um, eating regular. That's another thing. Right, like Some people like they skip dinners and they skip meals or uh, get a routine of when you know when you're going to eat and prep. I mean, these are a lot of like, I mean, I'm throwing things out here, but it, it's just to give people an idea of really what they can what do. What about on that topic? What about
1: fasting? Because that's kind of like fashionable at the moment.
0: Fasting. I think you've, you've, fasting's got its place. Okay. I think it needs to be done carefully you need to really be aware of how it affects you because it's not for everyone. Um, But there is research to show that it is good for, you know, I wouldn't say your your fertility, but it's good for your health. It's good for your health because when you fast, your body basically um, starts to after, uh, I believe it's 36 hours. You've lost all your glycogen stores in your body, which then means that it, your body transfers to using fats as its main fuel now if you have a long enough fast and uh, what your body starts to do is to eat them um, or damaged or dead cells in your body which can then rejuvenate the growth of new cells but we're looking at like when you get into the deeper fasts of like 72 hours 48 hours 72 hours um which, you know, I think professionally we need to kind of highlight needs to be done under the supervision of someone who knows really what they're doing in terms of their doctor. But there is definitely um, evidence to show that having certain eating windows is quite good for you. So for me, for example, I, I only have a six-hour eating window a day. So um, I, I start eating at 1 o'clock in the afternoon um, and I finish at 7 in the evenings i make sure i'm done um if i stick to that i feel great i feel Mm. really good um when in the past where i've been really really strict of it i found my body kind of naturally goes towards its what i'd call its baseline weight so over you know four five six months of eating like that i trimmed down to about 15 stone and i I sit there comfortably Um, but my advice to people would be especially if you are training regularly um, and you want to you know have the positive impact on your fertility, it would be eat regular. Don't necessarily dabble in fasting because you'd need expert help with it. Um eat regular. Eat an organic diet if possible, but make sure whatever you're eating is a whole food diet. Uh, it's um it can be a tricky subject because there's so much there's so much literature out there. Um and like i said before if you're looking for something particular and you do research on it you'll find it there somehow so just be careful what you're looking at and the advice you're taking
1: confirmation uh, bias they call
0: yeah that. yeah it is mm. yeah it is but it's all around us <laughs> like from buying a product uh to you know uh, what you should be eating to what you should be you know exercising and stuff like that so you just got to be careful um what else? What else? Uh, obviously, I, just before this, um, I was on uh, Instagram Live with our, uh, our sponsor, X-Seed, uh talking about alcohol, which was a really interesting topic, especially as the fact of today is the 31st of January and a lot of people would have just finished Jai January. Really interesting topic. Personally, I advise all my clients to... Uh, we st- no, obviously stop drinking alcohol while they're going through their fertility treatments the, the evidence is clear that heavy use of alcohol damages f- fertility health, it's clear there um, what is less known is what um, you know, low to moderate uh, intakes of alcohol does to your fertility but you're recommended to drink 14 units a week if you're going to drink it's better to stay away from it for a physically point of view, but also a mental point of view, it causes a lot of stress. uh, Alcohol, like to the brain, to the body, um, increase anxiety, depression. Uh, So if you can, what's already a stressful situation in in terms of a a fertility journey, if you can take away alcohol, it takes away one stressor. So at least you can think clear. At least you can, you know, you have a clear mind. Uh, and stable mood, less anxiety to face what's in front of you. Because we've both been there. It's it's a harsh, yeah. harsh um,
1: experience. Because that's the thing. People might think that it's a good escape and it helps them like forget about something, which is true. You know, you, you become intoxicated and and you get that escape. But then the next day, it's like you said, you're putting on all that extra stress to to your brain and your body. Your body the next day is then having to concentrate on flushing it out of your system and that is almost solely what it will be doing so then it won't be repairing your muscles if you've worked mm-hmm. out the day before stuff you know this is not my bag this is just stuff that i've yeah, yeah. kind of picked up but it so yeah long term is like when i'm you know talking in in the the micro now say so when after one drink for it's like you know one, one evening on it when i say in the long term i'm talking the next day mm-hmm. so short term is the the drinking and the long-term is, is the effect the next day that the lack of sleep, which is also key and apologies if I step on any of your toes here, but it's going to affect your sleep that, mm. that evening. And the next day It's the knock on effects. Like I just mentioned the, the physiological effects.
0: The key to getting ahead of the game with your fertility is to understand where you're starting from. The earlier you test, the better you can plan for the future or take immediate action now as we and others have experienced. Waiting to get tests by the doctor can take a long time. Exeeds at home sperm tests make it easy to get an indication of your sperm health without jumping through all the hoops of testing on the NHS or pay the large fees at, at private clinics. You don't even have to send a sample through the post by harnessing your phone's camera with the Exceed device you can record a video of your semen for the app to analyse. And just because you do your Xseed test outside the clinic, it doesn't mean you're left to fend for yourself.
1: Xseed have medical professionals only a message away that can answer any questions that you have about your result. Make suggestions on how to improve your sperm quality or how to point you in the right direction for your next options. This can also be conducted via a free video consultation to discuss with their team face to face. The app will also show you recommendations of anything you can do to improve your sperm quality. You'll get a tailored improvement plan to try and increase your motile sperm count. Testing again over time can help track your changes, improvements, or areas that need more focus. As a listener of this podcast, you can get 15% off XSEED products at xseedhealth.com. Just use the code MFP15, that's MFP15 at the checkout. So whether you're trying for children right now or thinking about it for the future head to xseedhealth.com to read more about the at-home sperm test
0: yeah it's um basically everything that exercise would do for you in terms of increasing your testosterone increasing your growth hormone in your lh levels all those type of things drinking reverses it so it stops all those things from happening um in terms of yeah in terms of a fertility point of view for a man drinking alcohol will decrease, even if it's over the short term, your body's ability to produce testosterone, which is the key hormone for sperm production. But what it would do as well is increase the um, production of estrogen, which as a man, we don't want too much. It's important for us, mm. but we don't want too much in our body. So basically drinking unstabilizes those hormones. And yeah.
1: And that's the thing. Not a lot of men know that we've got estrogen Mm. as as men, but we do. And guess what? If you have excess belly fat, that's too much
0: estrogen in your system. Yeah, it's um, it's it's a bizarre thing. Like, but then, like women have testosterone as well. Yeah, yeah, at a much lower level. Uh, But it's most people don't. I think if 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 you ask someone generally, they they kind of figure it out. But we don't think of it in the forefront of our head, do we? Yeah. That these hormones are, are in both of our bodies. Um, but yeah, that's that's the uh, that's the impact of alcohol. But
1: I think well, the thing is, in 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 our society in, in England, it's it's bloody hard. Let's make no bones about it. To, to kick booze is hard because our society glorifies it. You, yeah. you seem to be more of a man if you can put away more pints. Hmm. You know, every almost every social event revolves around alcohol. Every every work event alcohol, and I did it. I did it for five months, and it was hard. But I had such a a, a, a northern star of mm. of the fertility, such a, a big why that I got through it and I did it. And that was including through Christmas. Yeah. Um. And I remember we were we were at a Christmas do, in Bank in London, in this pretty nice bar, and um, I walked in and like with a colleague and you know a friend as well and he he said what do you want and I said I'll have a nanny steak the non-alcoholic um, brew dog and uh and he went no no no. what do you want And I said I, I want a nanny steak and he goes buy a proper beer or else I'm not getting you it that's and I was like sad, yeah yeah nice it, one and he went to the bar came back and he didn't buy me it and I just I said I said to him looked him in the eye and said, are you fucking joking? And he's like, I told you. So I had to go and buy my own beer. Well, non alcoholic beer. And that's what we're up against. And I think often what it is, is in situations like that, you are highlighting their weakness, which is why he had an issue with me not drinking. Because perhaps he would have loved to have done that and be able to do that. And not ever having that real big why he probably couldn't and and i think often if something like that is, is coming out in the fore that's what it is it's a reflection of what they cannot do
0: yeah yeah it's that's um i couldn't you could i couldn't say it any better mate like the why is the most important thing because it's the why you revert back to when it's tough it? yeah because it is you, you know listeners will know i've i gave up alcohol I was going to say last year, but it was the year before now. I keep getting caught out with this new year, but I kept reverting back to the why because it was so, it was hard. Um, and what I came to realise is, is that if I need to drink to be in the company that I'm in, it's the wrong company. You know, yeah, it, uh, it's not good for me. Um, and you know what? I found myself, initially I was, I wouldn't say I'm shy. I'm not a shy person. <laughs> <laughs> but social situations were trickier because everyone else was getting a bit looser and after a few beers and, uh, and I was just me and, and, but I got used to it. I've got used to it. And actually now I like the fact that I can go out with friends and then they're like, we're, we're off. We're going to go to another bar. I was like, all right, lads, I'm going home and I go get in my car and I drive home. And I get into bed and I get up in the next morning, look at my phone and they're all going, oh, my head hurts, my head hurts. And I just just send them loads of abuse, really. Hmm. <laughs> like, oh, I'm fine. What's wrong, lads? Do you want to go for a yeah. run? And then suddenly they're like, oh, I wish I hadn't had done that. I wish I hadn't done that. And it's like, you get a greater um, appreciation for those smaller things, for those yeah. nice things of sleeping. Getting around. up early and,
1: yeah, it's... Hangsiety, i think they call that we've, as we've previously discussed wank Wan- this is and uh, this is hangxiety. This is, is this Han-
0: another one you've made up no no, no that's that's <laughs> that's
1: um that's that's i think quite well known one but um yeah funnily enough my friends and i my, uh we kind of had this realization back in december so like my my day one is, like my mates we've all been mates since we were about five and um we were out we tend to, you know, these days with life families and stuff, we only really go out twice a year if we can, but, yeah. and it, it's, it's classic. It's one of those ones where you feel like you've seen them yesterday because mm-hmm. we're all such good friends, but we went out for a, a Christmas drink and we just all, the, the day went on and we got, we we're in this bar and, and we're kind of looking around and we're like, well, none of us are out on the pool. None of us dance. And we now can't hear ourselves talk because this bar's too loud. Cause there's a DJ on. Um, and so we all just kind of thinned out and went home. And yeah. then since then, we all just said, like, this isn't... Like, it just We all had that same feeling. We all came to it independently, with, but within the group, that we're done. We're done with, mm-hmm. with going out for nights out to catch up. So come uh, March, we are going to um, Penny Fan in Wales um, to, to go up the mountain and got a little Airbnb of a nice little hot tub. And it's, it's going to be just... Mm-hmm it's like exercise It's being out in, in nature and in fresh air all together yeah and and crucially not having anxiety the next day
0: that's it that's it it's it's it's, it's almost like an epiphany isn't it you're like mm. there's another world i can enjoy yeah. life without doing this and feeling like this but taking it back to the fertility side of things yeah reducing your alcohol will help balance your hormones basically and if you can avoid it completely it just gives you know it takes that, uh, that I don't know, I called it a cocktail earlier, that cocktail out of your body, that, mm. that those chemicals, uh, all those toxins that you get from drinking. You're not going to engage with them. So it gives your body the best possible chance to keep producing that testosterone.
1: Yeah, um, because not only is the element of alcohol, like the, the impacts that I have, but also most booze that we have is full of sugar.
0: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, like you said,
1: like the, the hormones, that sugar spike will be dragging your hormones up with it and then crashing off the other side with it as well. And that, yeah. guess what? Testosterone comes back to that again, is a hormone that's getting taken up with it and then mm-hmm. back on the other side crashing and then having to re And it just, it does set, like, really have uh, such a detrimental impact on your health, but also fertility health specifically.
0: Yeah, yeah man. It's, um, so avoid it that's the bottom yeah. line if you can well yeah just just know your why
1: moderation yeah at the very and, least moderation yeah
0: yeah moderation at the very least and i would all i think i'll always now that i've done experience what i've experienced like it had such there was a clear um improvement in my sperm quality when i wasn't drinking so it's yeah. proven to me that it's it's such an important thing um next thing I guess we could talk about is smoking now smoking is it's always baffled me smoking like, and this is just going to be talking as Kieran out loud like there are no positives to it I can see why someone might want to um, have a drink because you get a short bit of social like release and I, I can see that but for smoking I can't see it especially when so much research and so much Uh, data shows that it's horrific for your health holistically Um, part of this goes back to the fact of it wasn't long ago when you'd watch certain sports and there was advertising for tobacco everywhere and it was branded as the the next big thing there was no health issues and I think a moment in time, there probably was a time when even health professionals didn't see it as a bad thing. It was it well, was very
1: well mate. let me I'm sorry I'll jump in there. Go, my nan, when she was 16, had tuberculosis yeah she was she was, as a treatment, prescribed cigarettes because they <laughs> thought it would encourage coughing to cough it up. so she she actually passed away a couple of weeks ago bless her, but she then, for the rest of her life, was uh, like a, a smoking addict, courtesy of the NHS.
0: Oh, mate I, firstly sorry to you about your nan mate i didn't know um and, and secondly it's like it's mad isn't it like this yeah. shows how far we've we've come uh how far we've come to understand something like this so i'm i'm going to keep it really brief if you smoke you need to realize that it's not just damaging your fertility health it's for damaging your health and if you need support to stop that um go and see a doctor they can help you there's plenty of programs yeah. out there uh to help you stop that habit um you know there's nicotine patches all those types of things now there's lots of things that can be done um but not just for your fertility health just do it for you because you live longer um statistically
1: yeah. and thankfully um doctors don't prescribe it these days <laughs> yeah,
0: no <one's, laughs> i'm not going to give you a fan just to, to see how it goes uh honestly that's a that's a great story that mate yeah
1: yeah it's mad she was in hospital for like a year with it bless her but um she probably was was
0: she would have been out two weeks if she hadn't stopped smoking if she started smoking yeah (laughs) yeah
1: yeah, exactly (laughs) you know but you know she was 16 then she lasted another 70 years so yeah yeah. she had a good innings bless her
0: but yeah yeah bless her it's um yeah it's mad how far we've come eh? secondly we should talk about stress like stress is a real issue and I think Uh, we live in a very stressful world, don't we? Um, Mm. There was a time, like, I've done a lot of research uh, and reading on, like, um, ancestral habits and things like that. Uh, And part of that is, like, reading quite big into stress. Um, So the reason that we all feel more anxiety than we used to, um, it's suggested, is the fact that actually we live such comfortable lives now. And we don't have what would be deemed as natural stressors. Like I don't walk out my door uh, and worry about, I don't know, a wolf biting me or, you know, chasing me and killing me or where my next um, meal was coming from or can I find water? Um, But if you go back thousands of years, um, that's where we got our stress from. So we didn't have enough. We didn't have time to worry about things that we were about today um so yeah we live in a very stressful world it's about managing that um and the best way to do it is to find something that you like to do and to purposely build in time to do it like you mentioned earlier about you went to the gym you found it very um de-stressing I know you like to surf as well getting in the water makes you feel good mate um for me it's 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 gym I love going to the gym I also like climbing mountains. Like I, I, I build things into my life where I step outside of reality for a short time and I can just be me and relax as much as possible. Um, and I think it gets lost today. A lot of people get tangled up in work. Stress is work. Work is stress. And then you've got the stresses of the household bills because everything's going up. Uh, and then you've got other stresses of just general health, uh, family, like externally. Um, it, it, you can easily see how stress plays a factor uh, yeah. in fertility, um, because of the increased cortisol. Yeah. Um, which again is, is, is a hormone. Which is a hormone. Yeah. Yeah. But if you, if you exercise and eat a good diet, that decreases, like it helps yeah. balance it out. Um, and you'll get the same, like, um, hormone release uh, for enjoyment from doing something that you really. say, for example, you like to go and watch, I don't know, motor racing. If that's your thing, go and do it. Like, and go and watch it. You'll get the same enjoyment as I would, you know, going in the gym and lifting my weights. But and it will release that stress from you. You escape that reality for a short mm. period. Um,
1: yeah no I, I echo that I've, I've heard that before because we are essentially we are still primitive beings we haven't evolved uh the amygdala in the brain which is what triggers that fight or flight response we haven't evolved that out no and what what like you said what would give us that in the past is if a bush was rustling in the background and you think holy shit that could be a lion yeah but nowadays it's emails an email come through and you'll see it, who, who it's from like your boss or something and immediately you're getting that the fight or flight response kicks in that, that that stress hormone um whether we're getting likes on phones and stuff like that whether whether our social media is is and and the phone phones are very stressful they are yeah. they're, they're we are bound to them and and what i would say is is there's many things you can do and i think look it up because there's a lot out there. There's a lot of really well referenced, well sourced articles about how to re- reduce your stress. A key one might, if, if I could just give one big takeaway, is to do something that makes you forget that you've got a phone. And like you said, for me, that's surfing. It's, I mean, it's quite obvious that you can't have your phone in there anyway. Yeah, but yeah. I don't even think about it. That's the what's key is that I'm not thinking about. Oh, I need to check my emails and all this because you're just engaged in what you're doing right there. And then it's like flow state, essentially where you are yeah, only yeah. thinking about what you're doing there. And I know you'll get that in the gym and it's just leave the phone. Yeah. Even if it's for an hour a day, yeah. just get off of it because people will invade your space because they want you, they want this from you or that from you just have your own time. And, and yeah. it's a huge stress reliever. And if you can, don't make the first thing you do, is check your phone in the mornings because yeah. if your alarm is your phone, then suddenly you look at notifications and you're you're opening them and if again other people are invading your headspace first thing in the morning, you wouldn't let them in your room in, in your room, like through your window or through your door, mm. to be like, Oh, can you just do this, can you do that? So why do we let them do it through our phones? If yeah. you can, leave your phone downstairs, then there's that reduced temptation to be scrolling late at night and use an actual alarm clock so that that wakes you up you wake up a little bit more naturally or if you can get one of those um light ones that eases you uh, in yeah
0: yeah i forgot what they call mood lights
1: yeah um, i've heard grow or something like that
0: yeah so i mean this brings us quite well into the next kind of thing and that's sleep isn't it like hmm. sleep is so important for our bodies like it is once again it's very misunderstood it's it's researched but we still don't really know what happens when we sleep but the only description you can give it is you can run your phone, we'll use a phone as example, you can run your phone until it runs out and it dies we're the same, like if we don't get enough sleep we slowly lose our ability to function Um. So that's why it's important that you get you try and get your you know eight, eight hours a night sleep um and and really like plan it like I plan my sleep like I know that Wednesday nights because we you know we often record on a Wednesday night I, I have a slightly later bedtime so I get up slightly later tomorrow I don't do my really early thing just so I make sure I get my eight hours in like I've planned my time. Um so while you're sleeping, your body repairs as well, which is, uh, I think, probably something that a lot of people don't realize. So if, if you go to the gym and you exercise, um, when you go to sleep, your body starts repairing itself. It doesn't do much while it's awake. It might start a few like, you know, breaking down the amino, uh, protein into amino acids and getting everything ready. But it doesn't start building. And repairing until you're asleep uh, uh, and that's like the production of like uh, of sperm as well like while you're asleep that work's happening that your body's building building itself building cells um, so ensuring that you get a good amount of sleep once again helps your testosterone levels helps to keep that what we call homeostasis so the balance of everything in your body but also helps it repair and supercharges it for the next day, and about eight hour, yeah, eight hours is what you want. Some yeah. people need slightly less, some people need slightly more, um, but on average, eight hours is good. I prefer about seven hours, and then once a week, I have a longer sleep of about nine hours, and I'm good. Yeah. Um, but sleep something you can't you can't catch up with either. So if you, for example, have You usually have eight hours and then one night you have um, five hours. So you've missed out on on three hours. You can't catch that up. So you can't add three hours onto your next sleep. It doesn't work like that. You still only need eight hours sleep the next day and your body will sort itself out. you'll go into a deeper sleep sleep, um, and it's just an amazing thing. (laughs) Like, <laughs> I don't really know how else to explain it because it's not really known how we do it or why we do it. But we need sleep. Yeah. Um, who doesn't love getting in bed? eh? Oh, mate! It's nothing better. The clean sheets, yeah. clean sheets into bed, and then just fluff that pillow. Oh, it's that's amazing, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No, I'm. I, I you've, you've hit there on the head, and thankfully a lot of that kind of nonsense bro science that was going around a couple of years ago about hustle, 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 Mm. like work through, you know, if you can get by with four hours a night's sleep or whatever it was that they would say then that's an extra month for a year on, on everyone else the, the hours you'll be working that where they're sleeping there you'll be ahead of them and all this absolute nonsense you won't be any further ahead because you'll be tired like you're too tired to do anything you won't be functioning <laughs> properly your body won't be healing and repairing like you said so yeah so, let's go to sleep
0: something that's very interesting and people should be aware of especially when it comes to sleep is seasonal changes so when we, we are unconsciously, our bodies are entwined with the seasons, even if we mm. don't realize it. So when the dark nights come in, we get tired early. And there's a reason for that. It's because the melatonin in our body goes up because it, the, 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 you know, the light goes down. So it tells our body it's time to sleep. You know? yeah. <laughs> um, so just be aware, like obviously what season you're in might change yeah. the amount of sleep that you have um and um just keep 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 a track of it so you might find that in the summer like in the summer i i'm quite good on around six and a half hours sleep i feel good for it but in the winter if i did six and a half hours i'd really struggle i need yeah. that seven eight nine hours so it's um it, it's key to kind of just keep track of that and don't think there's something wrong just think well what's what's the season doing yeah. you know do i need a bit more now
1: Absolutely, Mm -hmm. and you and you mentioned it, melatonin, the sleep hormone. Yeah, our body needs to start producing that in the evening, to really then when when you get in bed that you're ready, Mm -hmm. you're not just lying there awake. And there are certain things that stop us producing that. Major one being blue light. So from screens, from phones. So if we can get off them, the earlier the better. I'd say. I, I try not mine on the head at eight or nine, but yeah. you know we're not all perfect. Sometimes I find myself scrolling, but it, I'm working on it. You know, but that, it's being aware of it and and knowing that it really is going to affect
0: your sleep. Yeah, it is, and um, I I always so it's about having sleep hygiene, isn't it? Mm. It's about it's, they call it sleep hygiene. Just have a just have a routine to go to bed. You know, my mine is I turn. Like I've set uh, features on my phone. So certain apps shut off at nine. So I can't access them. Um, and then I read. And all those articles that you say that I read, I read them in bed just before I go to bed. And it's just like, if I read one article a day, that's 365 a year. And I know I'm also doing my my health good by making sure that I'm doing something that you know shuts my brain down. I'm learning while I'm doing it. Uh, and i'll roll over and go sleep um yeah just get that little routine before you go to bed it's just as important as the one you as you get up when you get Mm. up you know yeah you just do it in reverse (laughs) that's what it (laughs) feels like um so we mentioned it earlier and this is uh testicular temperature so like obviously keeping your balls Uh, cooler you know they hang on the outside of our bodies for a reason uh the biggest things for these are like obviously avoid wearing like tight briefs and boxers and things try and wear baggier ones they're not as comfortable we all know they're not but for for sake of your fertility doing it for three months you know it's not gonna not gonna ruin your life is it you just kind of look like you got I always call them dad pants because I remember my dad wearing these really baggy pants in the eighties. So you have to kind of get yourself a pair of those. <laughs> You're right. But yeah. it, it's also, um, f- avoiding hot baths, uh, avoiding saunas, hot tubs, uh, you know, don't have your laptop on your lap. Keep it on a wooden desk. Um, and if you are working at your laptop, don't sit there for hours. You know if you can if you can work standing up do that it's a lot better than sitting on your balls for seven hours a day because they just heat up um you what are the uh the pouches that you use during your treatment did you are they would you recommend anything like that or when you i, I didn't when you um
1: oh no, no so yeah after my micro mm. I i bought these like gel ice packs from yeah. uh, amazon and they're just the refreezable, and I've actually still got them now. And uh, but yeah, they just really they really help with the swelling, um, yeah. like to, to post op to to keep it down. Um, yeah, I still got them now. My dad was around once, and I, I can't remember he hurt himself somehow. And uh, <laughs> did you give him one? <laughs> He's like, yeah, you got? Yeah, have you got any ice packs or peas or whatever?" I went, "Yeah, I got some proper things for it." I went and got one out of the freezer. And yeah. he's like, put it around. Oh, it's his knee, I think. He put it around his knee. Like, I waited a good ten minutes and went. That's been on my balls. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but obviously, gosh. I washed them. But uh, no, it's um. The, there, there are you know products available out there. Um, I, I'm just I've, thinking
0: more if someone's sitting for a long time, it's kind of like what well, could we kind of suggest? Kind of some work you have to, don't you? Like, yeah, you yeah. If you've got out. an
1: office based. Um, job and, and you're literally sat down all day then your balls are are, are encased by your thighs mm. and it will be heating them up and, and that's exactly what you do not want when it comes to your balls is that they, they hang lower because they're supposed to, to be around 2 degrees cooler than the rest of the body Yeah, sperm needs a cooler environment to thrive and because of the modern lifestyle uh, and, and jobs in offices it's, they're not good just sitting there kind of encased in our nice warm
0: thighs it's um it's a tricky thing to balance though because you've got work you've got to earn money people will be like i've got to earn money and i've got to sit so just be conscious of it that's what i'm going to say you know get up give yourself that break wearing those uh baggier boxes baggier trousers give yourself some space you know give give the lads some space to lay rather than like lay against you
1: um, absolutely well you get, like you know when it comes to offices you can get um standing desks
0: and stuff yeah. So there are yeah. options i don't think that if you ask for uh, uh, like air conditioner to be put under your desk it would go down <laughs> what's that for where's fertility treatment i just keep the balls warm. Oh, cool yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um so yeah i mean that's kind of like the main we've covered quite a bit tonight mate um you know going back to exercise we looked at diet Alcohol, sleep, stress, um, obviously temperature of your testicles. Um, and we could sit here and talk for hours on all of these things. Um, but hopefully that gives, you know, listeners enough um, advice to get started. They don't feel lost because we both certainly did when we were told you've got to do this, you've got to do that. Um, so start with one of those. Um as we said at the beginning, the important thing is just to start, just to start. I would, if I was going to recommend how to do it, I would write down, make a list uh, of the things that you could possibly change out of that, out of those that we've talked about tonight. But also just generally things that you might need to change that could help your fertility and then um, put them in order. Prioritize which ones you're going to chip off first. Um, And then just start with one. Once you master one, start with the next one. Once you've mastered that, start with the next one. If you do it all too quickly, you're at a much higher level of, you know, stumbling, falling, and not, you know, having any impact. It will cause you more stress almost. Yeah. Um, So identify what you need to do, plan when you're going to do it, and slowly implement them. Yeah. Yeah. And don't, don't beat yourself up about them. Like if, for example, if you are, if you chose, you're going to, you know, you're going to change your diet and for one day you're out and you eat something that's slightly more unhealthy, you know, it's not going to derail you. It's about what you do consistently, not what you do as a one-off. Oh
1: yeah. I mean, it's 80%, you know, if you can stick to 80%, good. And what's important is like, for example, to take diet, like you mentioned, if you are, if if you eat something bad, don't let it derail your whole day and just mm. think, "Oh fuck it, I've I, I've had that bad meal or whatever. I'm just, I may as well just blow out for the rest of the day because yeah. then you can end up yeah. doing four thousand calories, yeah. but like bad calories as well. So just just be like, no, that's all right. I've yeah. had that. It's all good. Back on the horse.
0: And it's, you know, I that up with if you do end up going totally off piste with it, don't beat yourself up about that either. Just think, well, yeah. I've had a bad day. I'm going to get back on it. Cause, and, and it's the
1: same principle, just don't that um, that then lead into the second day. Yeah, yeah.
0: Generally, I find that once, if you ever, like, I remember having those bad days, especially around alcohol and things like that. And uh, once you have a sleep, it's almost like a reset, isn't it? You can go yeah. again. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I had one question come in um, for for today uh, uh and that is
1: i forgot to do the question box <laughs> it's all right, sorry man. i did it
0: I, I, I did i did it a bit later than i so um it wasn't out there for as long but we did get a question in and it, it's a is there any advice on how to boost testosterone without medication now obviously from my experience uh, i've got a point of view on this but it'd be interesting to see if what what advice you've got as well mate because obviously you've looked at this in the past but let me talk about what i would suggest first of all okay the main thing is lifting weights helps boost testosterone now the research out there suggests that if you lift around about 70% of something called your one rep max so you need to figure out how much you can lift for one rep and then you figure out what 70% of that is so let's round it up nice and simply if you're going to do a bench press Uh, and you can lift 100 kilograms 70 percent of that is 70 kilograms so if you can lift 70 percent so 70 kilograms for eight to ten reps um, and you can do that for around about 10 sets okay now it sounds a lot i wouldn't suggest doing 10 sets of one exercise i would split that over say a number of exercises but you're still lifting within the 70 percent range of what you can lift um, with around about two minutes rest in between each set. That's kind of currently what's out there and being very heavily um, seen as positively having an impact on your post-exercise testosterone. And as we've talked previously, like if you can get your body used to producing testosterone, it's going to start manufacturing it easier and better. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so, eight to 10 reps of around 70% of your maximum weight you can lift, um, for around 10 sets split over, you know, uh, different exercises. Otherwise it's a long bench or a squatting session. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so what what, yeah. what what would your advice be man around that? It, essentially one,
1: everything we've talked about in this episode is, will we'll age your testosterone, um, sleep, diet, exercise and then like you know, the, the bits in between that you've mentioned like what type of exercise. So for example, when I when I stopped my body stopped producing it, I tried everything I could to get it back up to a level without having to go on TRT, which I am now on. Mm-hmm. But I gave up booze, for example. But exercise what I found, like you just said, is that weights is a lot better and like your really, really long runs, your really, really long cycles, for example, are not as yeah. good for your testosterone. Yeah, don't, they, they will don't impact go near them. Don't go no. near them. They're,
0: they're really detrimental.
1: Yeah. And then with diet, um, I, I started following uh, a low glycemic diet, which is actually common for people with diabetes because mm-hmm. the whole point of it is that it's not spiking, crashing your blood sugar. And it's what I mentioned earlier about alcohol does that because there's so much sugar in it. Yeah. So it keeps you... It's all about slow release um, uh, foods, so for example um, anything that we digest quickly sends your blood sugar spiking as well and then that's taking your testosterone up with it all all of your hormones and then crashing off the other side and also then that gives you the the, the kind of the Mm hangriness and then that makes you then reach for the the bad foods because they'll fill you up and they're just convenient. Um, so if you can just go for foods that digest slowly uh, and fill you for longer that, that just keeps you on a, a more even keel with, with your blood sugar levels which aids testosterone
0: mm. that's great advice man it's um, I, I think it's a, it's a question that we could literally do a podcast on yeah <laughs> like it's like, and, and this is what we're going to be looking at obviously with our in, in the future series, series and episodes you know we we want to be picking specific things like this and, and talking about them but anyone that wants to reach out and send us questions you know we'll we'll answer them the best that we can and and if we don't know the exact the answers what we would do is we would bank them and then when we had the correct people on we'd ask them then uh, yeah
1: or or you know even if it's before then we, we both have enough Contacts in the industry to get, oh, yeah,
0: hundred percent. Yeah, we can questions we can, answered. So yeah. we can get answers. Answers, can't we? Well, that brings us to a nice ending, doesn't it, mate?
1: It does indeed. It, it does, does indeed. So, if people do want to ask a question, how can they contact us?
0: They can contact us by email at uh, themalefertilitypodcast at gmail dot com and
1: Instagram, which is at the podcast
0: Here we go. That, that's smooth tonight
1: that wasn't right wasn't it <laughs> i thought you were gonna ask me the email and i was like i actually don't know it yeah that's right. i did. i nearly did
0: i thought he's not gonna know it so <laughs> it's like getting out your phone let me like, give us a minute <laughs> anyway have a good one mate and uh take care all right
1: yeah nice one mate
0: speak to you soon see you soon Bye. bye bye